When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. All right, hello everybody, Steve Politi here. NJ Advanced Media, thanks for joining us at the Rutgers Rant. We're back after a bye week, a much needed bye week, fellas. I don't know what you did with your football free weekend, although I have, to, I have to tell you, so you think, all right, this is a good opportunity not to watch a bad football game on Saturday. And yet there I was in the seventh overtime of Illinois Penn State. What am I doing with my life? I said, what, what is this? There's got to be something else. Like, I got to go outside, run around, play with the kids. Why am I watching this? I know you were watching, Gratch. You had to be watching. It was. I was out and about. I was watching on my phone, but, and I was actually signed up to a bar, and a guy next to me also had it on their phone. And we looked at each other and we're just like, why are we both watching this on this beautiful day in New York City? Like, just life choices. Doing? Life choices. Yeah. Um, like, just what a debacle for the sport. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Every member of that committee that said, oh, let's have a two-point shootout, everyone should resign in disgrace now. Well, the game might not have ended otherwise. Were you watching it, Sarge, or did you actually take Saturday off? I took Saturday off. Oh, uh, good for you. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, tried to spend some time with my family. So, Wow, you know. what, a brave, what a brave choice. <laughs> Novel idea. Well played. Um, all right, so we got a lot to talk about. We get the bye week. We'll get into Illinois, Penn State, Illinois in general, everything related to Scarlet Knights. But, you know, I, I guess we should start with after taking the week off, are you as down on Rutgers as you were on Sunday morning when you were thinking about the Northwestern game? Or has the week given you some perspective where you're like, all right, it was a bad, bad game in Evanston, but maybe not as bad as we made it out at the time. What do you think, Cratch? Uh, I'm about the same. I mean, I think that they've kind of fallen back to earth and they are the team that I think a lot of us expected them to be going to this season. I think that, look, you started at 3-0, not having to play, now you're 0-4 in the Big Ten. You know, you've been competitive for the most part in these games, except Ohio State, but you just they don't have all the pieces they need to kind of get over the hump. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I would say that I'm about where I was when we drove back from Evanston to the O'Hare that night. They, they are what I kind of expected they were to be. It was a kind of an interesting winding road to get there, but they're pretty much the four and eight, five and seven team. I thought they would be coming into the season. Darius, you you there as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought after a three and O uh, non-conference or I think you know, I, I I thought I mean I said it yeah you know, I thought that uh, they, they were headed toward toward a bowl. Um, I probably have to say temper that now and say you know 
I, I, I we'll get more on, on the win loss predictions the rest of the way later, but I, I, I think it's going to be a challenge to get to a bowl game. So from that end, yeah, I think, um, you know, I am a little disappointed by, 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 you know, how, you know, how they started the season, you know, in big 10 play. Uh, that being said, I do think that there's some, you know, a couple of winnable games left on the schedule just based on what, what we've seen from around the Big Ten. And I, I guess none of us want to relive that that game. I mean, it was just it was just a debacle on, on multiple levels, coaching, offensive, defensive. I mean, it was just not a well-played football game. Greg Shannon came out and admitted it afterward. Uh, I guess the question now is, Cratch, what, you know, a bye week, did they get healthy enough that that would be a significant upgrade for the team and the second part of that is you know what can they change during the bye what what are we to see differently when they play at illinois that gives you that gives you an idea that maybe the the second half of the season can be different well i think on the offensive line if you can get raekwon o'neill healthy and if you can Pull the trigger. I put Gus Zelinskis at center. Put Crimin at one of the guard spots. That might give you your best offensive line combination that uh, available on your roster. I think that it didn't really get a lot of traction. Obviously, it was a blow, you know, a lopsided game, ugly game happening at the end. Them putting Gus in at center, I think, was kind of a signal of they are really. Like, They've done a lot to shake up this line. This would be the biggest shakeup yet. I think that's an intriguing path to move forward. I just think you're going to see a lot of young guys playing, not because it's a youth movement, let's get them experience, because they are proving that they're the best players on the roster. You know, Greg Shiano's trying to win. He's not trying to get experience for 2022. So then we're going to see a lot more of that for the offense. I mean, they, they just have to find ways to generate, you know, be able to run the ball, you know, quick. There's only so many things they can do at this point. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is, but I think we're going to see a lot of young players try to sell that offensive line, get as healthy as you can be and go from there. All right, Jenna, I know, you know where I'm going with this next about changes coming out of the bye week um, kind of about how the sausage is made folks about, about how journalism is done. You know, I didn't make this trip to Evanston, so I'm kind of like, what am I going to write? And Sarge just kind of just kind of grabs me through the foam, you know, by the neck and says, the only thing people want to talk about is Gavin Wimsat and when that kid's going to play. And, you know, to your, to your right in that, Sarge, you know, I wrote a column saying that this is the time to get him onto the field. And it, it was the perfect column topic in that 50% of the fans were like, absolutely, I'm so glad someone finally said this. And the other 50% were, you're a total blathering idiot. It was like right down the middle. <laughs> Some fans think he'll get killed. Some fans think, why the hell not? I mean, do you think there's a chance we're going to see this kid or there'll be, or, or we'll see a, a different quarterback period against Illinois? I think I might have been on, on the one side of the blathering idiot, but that wasn't from the column people idiot, which is for the record. It was just in general. I hear. Do, do I think, yes, I think we're going to see him. I, 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 I wasn't at practice last week. I, you know, I, I was off crashes at practice. Even if we were, you know, I don't know if we would have been able to glean much from it. But I think, as, you know, I think over the next five games, I think we're going to see Gavin Wimsat. Yeah, I, I think I've said this all along. I don't think you can go into 2022 not knowing what he is and, you know, and, and you know, getting him a little bit of experience because he's going to be the quarterback in 2022. I think that's, you know, pretty, pretty clear. So, I think we're going to see him. I think, you know, it would stand to reason that maybe, you know, you, you get his feet wet. I don't think at any point they're just going to hand him the offense all together and, 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 and bench uh, Noah Vedral. I think we're going to see some sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, mix of, of what we saw last year a little bit of, of maybe, um, you know, throw in, uh, you know, 
um, you know, the, the, the back of quarterback at, you know, various points and whatever. And Noah Vedrill has proven he, you know, he, he's, he's, a, you know, a malleable kid from the standpoint that he, he'll be able to uh, probably take that in a stride. So I think at some point, maybe, the, you know, this week, I think we'll see Wimsat. I think uh, we'll see, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a combination of Vedrill, uh, Wimsat, you know, the rest of the way. All right, this, this game was – the Northwestern game was the first time I really did feel like – and I've been on Team Vegetable from the start. I thought he was an upgrade. I thought he was by far the best choice going into the season. That game was the first time. There were just a couple of throws where you're like, all right, this, this kid does not have the physical skills here. I mean, he underthrew Melton on, on the one bomb. He underthrew him again when it would have been a touchdown that, that could have tied the game at, the, at that point. Where do you think they stand right now in the quarterback going into this week? I think that Vedrill's a starter. He's going to stay the starter. I think that they truly believe that Cole Snyder and Evan Simon are, like, even. And it's, like, a cool either or. They'll put either in the game. Frankly, I don't, I don't get that because, as I've written and we've said in the podcast, every time Cole Snyder takes the field, he looks good. And he looks better than Evan Simon, frankly, from what we've seen. You know, we haven't seen as much of Evan Simon, but Cole Snyder just seems to be the, the the farther ahead quarterback. So I don't understand why they keep on going back and forth with them. And to go to Sarge's point, like I think my gut tells me we're going to see Wimsat at some point this year. I don't know when. I don't think it's going to be substantial. I don't think he's going to start a game. I think it's going to be a controlled package setup. The two dates I look forward to. One, Indiana is is pretty is like a two and a half hour drive from Owensboro, Kentucky. I don't know if that sentimentality plays into what Greg Schiano and Sean Gleason are thinking, but I know for a fact there are there are a lot of people in Owensboro who bought tickets to that Indiana game, figuring months ago, weeks ago, that if Gavin was going to play this year, he was going to be on the field by then. So. That's the one thing. And I also think the season finale against Maryland, which could potentially be two teams that are not going to a bowl game, just playing for pride. I think that's a spot where you could see him. I don't think you're going to see him against Illinois. I don't think you're going to see him against Wisconsin because at this point, if, especially if Rutgers loses to Illinois on Saturday, Wisconsin is their chance to make a statement this year. That's going to be the game they have a chance to potentially pull an upset. And I don't think you're going to see him in Penn State. So. I think Indiana or the season finale, that's the two spots where I would kind of look for him. All right, well, we, Cratch, then why, number one, do we know why Snyder was the first quarterback off the bench against Northwestern? And number two, I'm sorry, Simon was the first quarterback off the bench. Will we see one of those two guys against Illinois? So I, apparently it's literally just like, they, you know, it's like it was his turn, basically. Maybe he had a better week of practice. But apparently they, they think those two guys are interchangeable. I don't think we're going to see either of them on Saturday against Illinois unless it's a, a blowout either way. Or, or Noah gets hurt, which, look, that's becoming a real issue. This is two straight games now where he hasn't been physically able to finish the game. And on Saturday at Northwestern, Simon goes in, 447 left, down two touchdowns. That's a winnable football game at any level. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's becoming an issue too. Like, how much longer can Noah Vedrill get knocked down, go to the injury tent, and then come back? All right. Before we dive into true or false, give us an update in general on the injuries, Scratch. I mean, who, who's going to be back? Who's going to be close to back? And who are we not going to see this week? I think Raekwon O'Neal will be back. Um, Sarge, you, you pop in if I'm forgetting anyone. Aaron Crookshank, I think, is might be longer term. Max Melton, longer term. Um, 
Tyreek Maddox-Williams, I think, is kind of wait and see. He was there in an emergency capacity at Northwestern, so you'd have to hope two weeks off he'll be back. Same thing with Avery Young, Patrice Renee. Um, but, yeah, am I forgetting anyone, Sarge? No, I think you got it. Crookshank's the guy who, who I think they're going to need to, to, to see because that offense is not the same without him. All right, let's dive into true or false. We've got a lot of good topics here. You guys know how this works. Here we go. True or false? Rutgers won't win again this season. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. False. I go false as well. We're not that negative, folks, on, the, on where this is going. True or false? Rutgers will win one more game this season. Cratch, true or false? True. True? He's got the one win, one out of five. Sarge, one. Is it one or not? Or, or no, it's one. That, that, one more game. One. Uh, I'll say false. False? Okay, I'm going false as well. Uh, true or false? Rutgers will win two more games this season. Cratch, you're out. So what do you what do you got, Sarge? True. Two. True. I'm sticking with that as well. True. That's what I said before the season. I'm going to stick with it now. Uh, Rutgers has five games remaining, and they're all winnable. Cratch, do you agree with that statement? True or false? True. True? Sarge? I know where you're going with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say false. I'm going to say false, too. But, but I, it's close, though. Penn State does not look like a good football team in that game against Illinois. Uh, true or false? Art Sikowski would be the starting quarterback this game for Rutgers if he stuck around. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. Yeah, that's a false one, guys. He would not be starting. I agree with you. Uh, true or false? Throw open the playbook. It's trick play season. Cratch, is it time for Sean Gleason to get creative? True or false? It's definitely time for him to get creative, but I don't know if gadget plays are necessarily the way to do so. I'll say false. Didn't you write a column like a didn't you write a column like a month ago uh, saying it's time to stop the trick yeah, plays? Fans hated that one too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a trick myself with <laughs> <laughs> reaction to columns. Uh, uh, I'll say true. I, I, I like the trick plays. It, it might, yeah, I might change my mind on that one. It might be time to think they clearly can't line up and beat people, so true might be the answer there. Uh, true or false, this is the easiest game left on the schedule. Do you agree with that, Cratch? False. Sarge? False. I'm going true. I think it definitely is. I'm gonna, we can dive right into that one in a minute. But first, true or false, the overtime system is fine the way it is. Cratch, why don't you tell us how you feel about that? True or false? That's a big, big, hefty false. <laughs> Sarge? That's <laughs> false. Uh, it is false, but it was, I mean, it wasn't, it was weird. I kind of like weird things. When things get kind of wacky, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but you were really against that, Cratch. You were, you were fired up on Twitter. Yeah, I just think it's a joke. It's just like, first off, I've never understood why we had this issue. Like, if it, in a regular season, if it's a tie, who cares? Like it's 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 interesting the standings chaos everything, but yeah, this it's very simple. First two overtimes as is. Third overtime, either you go you score a touchdown if you go for two, or you kick an extra point, take a seven point lead, take a ten yard penalty on defense, and then the, uh, the other team obviously has the ability to tie it there. And if it's still tied after three, it's over. Tie. Go home. Yeah. No. Nope. Here's the like thing. Ties, here's the thing. Penn State has two losses. They both have an asterisk attached to them. They lost their quarterback against Iowa, this, you know, travesty against Illinois, 
I'm not saying I'm not like no one should cry for Penn State, but they have two Big Ten losses. What happens if they somehow run the table and beat Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State? You're going to have Penn State at ten and two, which probably can't win the East because chances are that you know one of those teams, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, are all undefeated in the Big Ten. So as long as they only lose to Penn State, they would win the division. One of those three. And then you're going to have Penn State that can't get into the playoff because they have two losses. Right, but they also don't pass the eye test. Did you see anything about Penn State that made you think that they're possibly going to beat Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State? I mean, did you see anything? I, in that I game? didn't, but this has been a chaotic year. Yeah, well, so. that's true. Uh, and, that, and that goes back to the, to the other point uh, about the five games. I mean, I don't think there's a – there, there might be a good, they're good teams, but there's no very good team. I mean, Rutgers has played the three best teams on its schedule already. I'm convinced of that. Um, Penn State, you know, didn't has not looked functional the last couple of weeks. I, we're talking about Illinois, like this is, you know, they had 38 passing yards against Penn State. I get, I get it. They ran the ball really well, but that's a very one-dimensional team. Wisconsin, we know is not any good. Maryland, we know is not any good. I mean. You know, these are five very mediocre teams left, Sarge. Yeah, um, it goes back to, to what, what we've said all along. Like, you know, I, I thought going into the year that Rutgers had the front-line talent. I, I, the one thing, and I, I, I did leave this out, out there, but, you know, the injuries are, are the thing that are starting to pile up on this team. And we've seen that, you know, maybe in a couple of years, once Graciano is able to recruit, and, and is able to, to build, you know, a Big Ten caliber roster, which he clearly did not inherit. Maybe, you know, they'll be able to overcome some of those, these injuries. But that's the one thing where, where you're, you're looking at these Big Ten games stacking, you know, one by one by one. I think that's the thing that, that really, uh, you know, uh, ended up haunting him at, at Northwestern. You know, the, 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 you know, playing Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State back to back to back, took a toll on them physically. Maybe the bye week helps. Maybe you know, maybe maybe you know they'll they'll, they'll be a little bit uh, uh, more prepared to be able to uh, handle the uh, final stretch of the season. But the injuries are the thing that that you know, you know. I, again, I do think that there's some winnable games on this schedule. Um, I think you know, to, to be clear, I think the Maryland game is probably the most winnable of uh, of the remaining, uh, followed by Illinois. But you know, I, I just have to see you know Rutgers, you know, wh- whether or not they're able to. I don't know if they had the depth to overcome these injuries, or, you know, and, and the physical pounding. Um, that's the one thing where where I I, I say you know I I. I I don't think they're going to make a bowl just based on that. They just haven't been a good fun, fundamental football team. Correct. I mean, that's how you look at it. They're not blocking well. They're not rushing the passer well. They're not defending the pass. They're not, they're not doing anything. Well they don't tackle spots. well in key spots. No, they, yeah, there's not many things this team, they punt really well. That's about it. <laughs> right. Which is, as we, I was watching the NFL once again. I come back to it all the time. Why is the Giants game? You know, these guys can't do it. They can't do it. Corsak does. He's going to be an NFL kicker. You guys watch. All right. All right. Um, let's dive into insider questions, shall we? Once again, thanks for subscribing. Uh, you guys have provided us some, with some great topics. And most of them are now basically the same topic because of where the season is, but um, appreciate your questions. Uh, I'm going to start with Matt and Randolph because we've kind of danced around a little bit. Matt wants to know where, where does everyone stand with their football win predictions? It's amazing how Vegas picked ruthlessly to have uh, probably Rutgers. Rutgers to have 4.5 wins. Uh, that sure looks about right if they get the four wins. Will that happen? Cratch, you said one. You think they've got one more in them? Sarge, you and I agree they've got two more in them. 
I mean, you know, is that is that where is that where you're sticking with right now? I do. I think they will beat Maryland in the season finale. Go four and eight. Which two do you think they're going to win then, Sarge? I'm taking this week. I'm taking mm-hmm. Rutgers, uh, Illinois. I think that that, that they'll will be able to. Crash just rolled his eyes, folks. This wow. is not a video. Wow. <laughs> crash, crash! Wow! Jeez. I can't wait to see the prediction come come Friday. Holy um, cow! So yeah, I, I think Rutgers uh, uh, wins at Illinois, and then I think the Maryland game I think is extremely winnable. Yeah, I, I said before this season, I thought they were going to beat a team that you wouldn't expect them to beat and lose to a team that you wouldn't expect them to lose to. I'm hoping that I might as well, I might as well stay with that because they certainly lost to a team I didn't think they were going to lose to in Northwestern. So, uh, you know, I will reserve the team, the, which team I think they will beat that they uh, haven't, uh, that they weren't expected to beat yet, but I'm going to stay with five as well. Uh, all right, next question. Um Am I allowed? This is a great question from from a fan of the podcast, uh, who's also uh, up for to be one of the top ten fans in, in Rutgers. I won't get, I won't drop his name, but you can, you probably can figure it out. Am I allowed to be a little annoyed in year one that Brett Bielema waltzed into a top ten Penn State and won, and Mel Tucker has a top ten team while Rutgers got beat by two touchdowns in North by Northwestern? I guess the point being that other teams in the Big Ten. Uh, have found ways to win games that they're not supposed to win, whereas Rutgers, once again, has not done that in, in, in many moons. I, I guess, you know, is that the other side of this, Kratz? Can fans be a little frustrated that you see results like, like the one, in, in, as ugly as it was, Illinois won at Penn State? Yes. I mean, look, I think totally fans have every right to be frustrated. Of course they should, especially since last year you, with the, with the surprise way that they played, you, people thought this was going to be another big step forward this year. The one thing I will say is for Michigan State, they had recruited much better than Rutgers had. So I, I think they're – I crunch numbers in a film review off the top of my head, their average recruiting class, you know, from the Ash era to when Greg got here was like, it was like 33 and 33rd in the country every year. Rutgers was like pushing 60. So I think Mel Tucker was able to use the transfer portal, but he had a much stronger foundation to build upon. And as for Illinois, I think a lot of people forget about the fact that this is a team. A lot of the guys from that 2019 bowl team that beat Wisconsin are still on the roster. Yeah. And we've seen it, you know, we've seen it the last few years. We're going to see it again on Saturday. Illinois runs the ball extremely well. They're prolific. They did it against Penn State. They've done it against Rutgers. They're going to do it again on Saturday. So that also has to be taken into the fact that they are built to win Big Ten games. All right. Along those lines, Sarge, I know you didn't watch the games. Maybe Crash took this one too. But should Rutgers put eight offensive linemen on the field like Illinois against did against Penn State? Do you think Shano is lo- and do you think Shano has lost the locker room, including players, players and staff? Wow, that's a it's kind of out of nowhere, but uh, it's a good, interesting topic. What, what I certainly haven't seen the team quit yet. Uh, what do you think, Cratch, on those two topics? Uh, no, he has not lost the locker room. I don't think we've seen anything that indicates that. Uh, eight offensive linemen on the field doesn't really get you anything. Yeah, especially you when know, you don't have eight good ones. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, if you want to put an offensive lineman in the backfield at the wing or at fullback, okay, like that would be kind of creative. But just putting eight guys on the line doesn't really accomplish much. All right, uh, barreling through these. Uh, a lot of questions about Cole Snyder. We we addressed it a little bit. I mean, you know, from the first part of this, how how much how many how many years of eligibility 
does Kohlslinger have left? That was a very basic question. I think it's three, but you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and why, if it's not working with Noah Vetrel, why are they not trying Snyder is the question that, is this because of some BS from Shiano? <laughs> People are getting frisky at the comments. <laughs> the fan base and football alum are dumbfounded. Sarge, you want to take this one? Why are we not seeing some Cole Snyder? It is, uh, so <laughs> I, I hate to, because I've, I've challenged coaches, you know, through, through 20 years of covering this, but I have not, I think from what I've seen in practice, I can say this, that I think Vedral has outperformed um, Snyder on an everyday basis. Every practice I've been to, you know, dating uh, back to the beginning of August. I'm not the talent evaluator. I'm not the one who, who gets paid to, to make these uh, decisions. So, but I will say that if, if, if I saw anything differently, I'd be banging the drum and asking Graciano, uh, you know, pressing him on a, on a little bit more. Um, so I will say that at some point, you know, and I, I don't think that, you know, the offensive issues are completely Noah Vedral's fault, fault, but all that being said, he has the opportunity to kind of lift them up to greater heights and, you know, maybe try to overcome some of the offensive line flaws and he hasn't done it. So at some point, you know, every, every uh, position is up for grabs. At some point, maybe you do have to, you know, shake things up and, and either play again, Wimsat or, uh, you know, Cole Snyder or Evan Simon, whoever you think is, is, is better. As far as the eligibility, um, I think it's three Cratch. And, you know, am I wrong on that? Three years? So three years after this year. So redshirted in 2019, 2020 was a free year. This is his first real season. So he'll have three years of eligibility after this season. And it's, it's not like he, uh, and it, on the point about Shiano, it's not like he's been reluctant to pull quarterbacks in his history. I mean, he benched Ryan Hart for a freshman, Mike Teal. I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy who has made, he's made changes over the years. I mean, he's not, you know, Go ahead, Gretch. He, I would say he, he has, but he has been very patient in his second tenure. Like they were like look back to go back to Purdue last year, where you know the off the team had been struggling, Vedrill's out, Art and Johnny, that combination, they win a game on the road, exciting, and it basically was like, Okay, great job, guys. Noah, back in. You know, it's like it, it just—they've been very committed to Noah Vetrol, right? Yeah, that, that. even when Art was still here before he entered the transfer portal. You know, because remember, Art. Uh, like we're not, we don't have to. We're not going to relitigate Art Sikowski's time at Rutgers again. But when that season ended, they had won three games. Art had had a, played a major role in two of the wins, and they were like, okay, so is Art going to get to compete for the job? And they. They said the right things, but it was very clear. No, he wasn't. Like, Vedral was already anointed the quarterback no matter what. So they've been very, very patient with him and stuck with him for a while now. All right, a couple non-football questions. Uh, friend of the pod, Alex from Marlboro, wants to know, uh, Steve Peichel seems to be missing out on high-target recruits for the class of 2022. Chris Bunch has committed this Syracuse and Desmond Claude seems to be going elsewhere. Any updates on basketball targets? I know we don't follow this closely. You know, I, I, I will say that you got to give Peichel, uh He's got a philosophy guy. He got a philosophy about team building. He's not looking for stars. He's not looking for you know the, the top recruits. Rutgers traditionally hasn't gotten those players anyway. You know, this is just the way he goes about. <laughs> you know, this is the way he goes about building teams. I mean, am I right? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I go back, I talked to him a lot in Indianapolis, uh, a big time media day. And, you know, he, he said, you know, and he, I guess he said it again, uh, um, you know, during the media day in, in Piscataway, but he is going to recruit a, a certain guy and he's going to build a relationship with him and he's going to get to know everything about him. And that's just the way, 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 way it's going to be. You know, we've seen these guys, these under the radar guys, pan out and, and play really, really well. Um, he values chemistry. He values, uh, you know, guys who fit his system. He values guys who, you know, quite frankly, are going to play, you know, you know, stay at Rutgers for three, four years and get better as, you know, you know, as, as they go along, you know, I, there's, it's always a crapshoot, but I think, you know, he, he values, you know, that, you know, his uh, certain type of guy, guy, and, you know, it, as far as, like, the transfer portal, you know, he, he, he even said on the record that he, like, you know, they, they did not offer a lot of guys, you know, where, where there were 1,500 guys in the portal and, and Rutgers certainly had a few spots. He was very, 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 uh, you know, strict on who they were going to offer. And um, as far as he's concerned, he, he thinks that he got the two, uh, two best guys. Yeah, I think, the problem, I think the problem they're running into now is that – Recruits want to know, you know when those positions are going to open up, when Paul McKay is going to leave, when how long Ron Harper Jr. is going to be here, and he can't answer the question. Right? I mean, he, you know, he, he's going to be loyal to those guys. So that's part of it as well. Uh, all right, a couple more from, before we dive into predictions here. Um, here's, a, here's a good one, Chris, that maybe you can take. Guys like Hanson and Felter looked great last year along the offensive line but barely seen the field this year. How does that happen? I mean, what's happening with personnel behind the scenes on this offensive line, do you think? Well, I would say two things. One, CJ Hansen, I think, only played in two games last year. So I'm not really sure where, they're, where that's coming from. Uh, I think he's a guy who just is developing. I mean, he was on the, the travel roster, which is a, which is a, somewhat of a sign. But, you know, he, he's an Ash Era guy that, you know, is – three years in the program I and mean, he's getting to the point now where it's probably, you know, he's either going to play or he, he's not. Um, as for Felter, I mean, I think he's a guy who just, he was one of the better options they had last year. I think he was up and down, but he, okay, solid. I just think he's been passing the depth chart by guys like Gus Linskis and other, you know, people they brought in, you know, that, that's going to happen. I think that it's only his second year in the big 10 and, True freshmen are not supposed to play in the Big Ten in the offensive line. It rarely happens. So I think a lot of times with offensive linemen, you can't really judge what a guy is going to be until they've been in the program for two, three years. And right now, Felter's still in that developmental window. So we'll see what happens. You know, here's one more good one before we get the predictions. It goes right into predictions, too. Can you talk about the valid question on sports betting and how it might impact Rutgers? Would more people care? Uh, it's a great question, and I, I guess – I've kind of stopped thinking about the ballot question because all indications are it's going to fail. And if you're, if you're, if you're following this, there'll be a ballot question about whether or not legalized sports betting should include New Jersey colleges, which is currently prohibited. Um, Sarge is a man who has occasionally placed a bet, a legal bet. Uh, do you think people would be more interested in Rutgers sports if they could bet on them? Does it, would it, would it make an impact? And is there any chance this thing passes? Yes, I think it would. Uh, you think it create, would make a difference? I, okay. I think it would create a, 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 a difference. I, I do. Um, just from you know my circle of friends who who you know and, and people who are not who are sports fans but are not like you know college football fans or whatever. I think you know 
and and they do bet on you know other games or whatever. I think that you know I think that seeing Rutgers you know in that line I think would would generate interest for sure. I would be living in a cardboard box if this if this goes through. I would have to vote against it. Cratch, what are you going to vote for? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go into my democratic decisions. Honestly, I, I really no wow, thoughts. wow, uh, no, just I, dropped us. Look at that. He just shut us down. You no. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I've given very little thought to this. It's not something that impacts my life uh, much. But, no, I mean, I think Sarge is right. I think it could it could help the casual fan. I think that from, like, a Rutgers standpoint, it would be fascinating because what we've kind of seen in other states where they do have the schools on the books is all of a sudden then the, the, the schools want, you know, uh, integrity fees, which is basically code word for give us free money. So yeah. we've seen that, you know, the NFL, that was the big thing, you know, before they really kind of completely sold out, you know, now the Giants are like sponsored by FanDuel or something. They're like, well, we, we're getting integrity fees, you know, educate our player, you know, which is basically we, we want to cut. Um, but I, I believe in West Virginia, Marshall and West Virginia do get some sort of integrity fee to um, – part of it's like educate their players with the dangers of gambling, but it's going to be fascinating. I think that if we get to the point where pretty much every state has this and all these in-state teams are on the books, we're going to get to a point, like, especially with football injury report, like they're going to have, at some point people are going to say, Hey, if I'm betting money on Rutgers football, I kind of need to know who's playing and who's not playing before kickoff. And that's going to, where it's going to get very, very fascinating. All right. Good observations. Uh, thanks, everyone, for your questions. As always, we appreciate it. All right, let's preview the Illinois game. Uh, um, minus seven and a half. I guess I'm not too surprised after last uh, the win over Penn State and Rutgers has not, four game losing streak has not looked uh, competitive uh, on that level. Cratch, you're going to pick the Illini. Tell us why. The Lions minus seven and a half? That's what I have. You have something different? What do you have? I, I saw it was like two last night. Here, here we go. Make something happen. I got a Francesca right. this. Right, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So, I just know. made this very interesting. It is Illinois mm-hmm. minus two. Do, do, minus and, two? And, really? And Rutgers is favored oh. in some sports books. Good grief. Minus two. Okay. Well, yeah, let's see. Let me let's see if there's bit. been a lot of action on this game. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, right. the line's moving. So, anyway. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Illinois 20 to 10. 20 to 10? I think the line I will run for like 300 yards. Okay. That's simple. So, they don't have to throw the ball to win this game, you're saying? Okay. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think they they probably will. You know, a little bit of Brandon Peters in here. It's, we don't have an official diagnosis, but look, did, did not look good for Art, unfortunately, which is kind of a shame that we didn't get to see him play in this game. I'm sure I, I'm sure he wanted more than anything in the world to play in this game. Um, but, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Rutgers defensive coaches wanted him to, more than anything in the world to play in this game, too. Yeah, you, know, you, you say that. I know that's a funny, like, message board, like, retort, but, like, wow. If, if Art had beaten Rutgers, it would have been. Not not good. No bueno for the Scarlet Knights coaching staff. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. You know, I think it's, you know, classic Big Ten game, ugly, lots of punting, you know, big Adam Corsack showcase. But I just think Illinois' ground game, that offensive line is better. They're better in the trenches, and they have run rough shot all over the Scarlet Knights for years now. I don't see any reason why it would change this week, especially after they had a huge game on the ground against Penn State. So Illinois 20, Rutgers 10, big rushing day for the Illini. Sarge? Yeah, I'm going to take Rutgers. Um, I think it'll be low scoring. Um, you know, 
2017 Rutgers, um, you know, the, the one thing that Crash touched on is Illinois can run the ball, but they can't throw it. So, you know, if Rutgers is able to, you know, limit Chase Brown, Chase Brown's a dude, uh, but, you know, it, it, you know, beyond that, I mean, Rutgers going to have to run the ball uh, themselves too because they really haven't done that in Big Ten play. Again, I think that they get healthier, and I think they, uh, they win. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Rutgers, too, and, and I, I've gone back and forth on this one. I certainly did not like what I saw uh, at Northwestern, but, you know, I just think they're a better team than they showed, and this might – maybe after the bye week, maybe you get uh, a better performance, a crisper performance. Illinois is no good. I think we've seen that. We're kind of we're kind of you know discounting the fact that that team um, is is certainly you know no no world beater. So I'm going to pick a 24-14 Scarlet Knight victory, uh, and I'll, we'll see if I'm wrong again. Uh, all right, so we all miss Northwestern. Kratz will have a chance to take a a, a commanding lead, depending on what Brian Fonseca picks in this game uh, in the standings. All right, what else we got, guys? We got some field hockey women's soccer to talk about here. We got national title contenders. We got a Big Ten trophy. Scratch writes the story about the Big Ten trophy on the bus, buckled into the seats, coming back from, where were they, Indiana? Who they, they were they, Bloomington, they, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. Um, tell us about this team, Cratch. I mean, is this a, a for real national title, con- title contender, or is it uh, just, you know, just a good year for the Big Ten? That's as far as it'll, it'll go. No, I, I think it's a for real team. I mean, look, look here's the thing. Um, Rutgers women's soccer obviously wins the first outright Big Ten championship in the history of the athletics department. Uh, they beat Indiana 2-0 on the road. They then drive west to Champaign, Illinois. The game gets pushed up a day because of weather. They beat Illini in Champaign. So undefeated in the Big Ten. I think they've won 11 straight now. And the way the, the – the Big Ten tournament stacks up, and then the NCAA tournament, they don't have to necessarily leave Piscataway until they go to the College Cup. You know, if they, if they win the Big Ten tournament, they'll have three games all at home. It was the top seed after the quarterfinals host the Final Four, and they would have four games at home in the NCAA tournament to get to the College Cup, which I believe is in Santa Clara, California, December. So that could be a nice little road trip for us. Road trip. Make it out there. Um, no, they're for real. That you know, I think coming into the like back in August or something, we talked about how like they need, you know, offense was going to be the key for them. You know, they kind of struggled to score goals, you know, in the big games down the stretch in past years. Uh, that's not an issue. Amir Ali, Frankie Tagliaferri, they're scoring goals. Megan McClellan's been tremendous in goal. So they're a legit contender. I think field hockey obviously had a loss at Michigan. They're a team that is really good, and they can, they'll definitely make the NCAA tournament, maybe make a couple rounds. But I think they have a little bit more of a ceiling than – appear to have a little more of a ceiling than the women's soccer team does currently. Excellent. And where is the field hockey final four again? Is that, is that in China? Ann Arbor, Michigan, I believe. Ann Arbor, yep. Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yep. Gotcha. I thought so, it was in China. And men's soccer too is, you know, quietly, I think they probably have to do some damage in the conference tournament, but they also could potentially um, play themselves in somehow. All right. I'm so sorry. You got to put in for the for the trip. Can you drive to Santa Clara? Is there Ooh, a steakhouse in Santa Clara? Worth, worth? Yes. Uh, to, to, to be clear, I think we're all, all three of us might be out to Santa Clara. Screw football. You know, we don't need. You know, who would Rutgers football be playing that week? I guess they would be, they'd they'd be, be they'd getting be ready up, to play. They, they'd be uh, done. Indiana. Oh yeah, oh, you're right. It would December be... December third. Yeah, is the yeah. Uh, that's the conference. Well, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be preparing for a bowl game at that point. So you know, wow. you you might be, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. All right. Well, anything else we got to cover before we go? Um, wrestling here? starts in two weeks. Go to NJ.com. I was at APC for the first time in like two years. Um, saw practice. Q&A with Scott Goodell. They have Wrestling Media Day later this week uh, before we jet off to, to uh, Champagne. See them back yet, Sarge? She's not. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's, we've, we've, we've talked about the technology. That's kind of... Yep. Let, that, let that one go into the ether. She's Basketball not, opens November 10th against Lehigh. Uh, that's it. A lot going on. But first, it's Rutgers, Illinois, a kind of a, a game that will determine if we have anything left to talk about next week. And we'll be back to talk about it regardless. Thank you to everyone for listening. Signing off for Sergeant Cratch, Devco, and the rest. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.